Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Trailblazers preseason has come to a merciful end, and I'm ready to trade everybody except Anthony Simons. Of course, once again, I am joking, but although the sky isn't quite falling, there appears to be a little crack, just like the little crack in the little A that Tom Cruise was protecting, that his mom loves so much in risky business. It could be trouble, but we don't know yet. Anyway, I'm Aaron Fentress. I cover the Trailblazers for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. This is the Blazer Focused Podcast. I'm George, joined by my co-host, Craig Bernbach. We are brought to you by Zoom Care, which I said last week I was going to get a flu shot, and I did. I was in and out in like four and a half minutes. It was amazing. Uh, They do a great job. That's why it's called Zoom, and you get the care. But anyway, Craig... Craig, yeah, yeah. this team went on for forget the, the game against the team from Israel. They just they mopped them up with with nobody. It was one thirty. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. But this team on four, giving up one nineteen, scoring under a hundred per night. It just didn't look very good. I'm look. I'm trying. I'm trying to to, to find a way to spin it, and I just quite can't. Maybe just a little bit. But what say you? So I say I love your your uh, risky business reference. Uh, I would say that uh, if the Blazers season is anything like that movie, I'm not I'm not sure what that means. Right? There's a lot of ups and downs, uh, but a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, so that would be good. Uh, yeah. I, no, there's no there's no way to spin this as a positive other than Damian Lill- No one got hurt. You know, no one got hurt. I mean, but that's huge, right? Like. Success, you know, success. I, I came down to the you know two things. One, Damian Lillard looks like Damian Lillard, you know, health wise, like that we wanted. He seems, you know, though he didn't play great, he seems healthier, and no one else got hurt significantly. That's it. That's the only positive spin. Everything else, and we'll go through kind of the list. Everything else was not good. <laughs> it was like you know they lost every game. They. They played uh, a lot of their starters against some people uh, backups. Their backups played against backup backups, and they lost. <laughs> they lost every everything. Like they didn't. They didn't even have a good half. You know, like there's not a lot of positivity that we saw on the court uh, defense, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, eh. uh, <laughs> you know, Jeremy not- Grant, yay! But yay. no. You can't spin. You can't spin. You know, going zero and four in the way they went zero and four. 
coming off the team, the you know, if you're the if you're the Golden State and you went 0-4 with what they went through with Draymond and stuff, you'd be like, who cares? They the, <laughs> the Warriors backups backups beat the Blazers last night. Backups. So that's not good. It's not good. No, they beat the Blazers starters. At times, yes. No Damon Lillard, though. I'm just giving well, him that. But, but I'm, right, yes. Yeah, if, if you tell me, okay, I got to sit Damian, but you're going to sit Steph, Clay, Draymond, Poole, and Wiggins, I'm yes. winning that game. You should. I'm you at least should. winning the first half. They did not. They got smoked. They got smoked. Smoked. They did. And it was, it looked bad. It looked like, bad. You're like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> Who is that shooting that three? Like, why do they have confidence and swagger? They, they're not. They might not make the team. And then I came uh, away yeah, from that game looking up dudes from the Warriors and trying to buy yes. their rookie cards because they looked amazing. Hey <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Wiseman's going to be a you know he's going to be a perennial All Star. There's no doubt. Uh, okay. Well, so yeah, it, it wasn't good, but again, it was preseason. I have a little preseason stat. So. Someone brought this up. Uh, Justin Myers, my man over at uh, iHeart, brought this up. He said, hey, the Kings last year went 4-0 in the preseason. Of course, they didn't have – they finished 30-52. and But I went and looked in the final four teams last year, Golden State, Dallas, Miami, and Boston were a combined 16-2 and – no, three in the preseason. Boston went 2-2. Two and two. So you can't say it doesn't mean anything. That said – you know, Billups talked last night and he said, hey, the preseason, you know, it's about experimentation, lineups, different schemes, et cetera, et cetera. You just could let things go and see how they play out. Then you figure out what you want to keep, what you don't want to keep. They're going to shorten the rotation uh, come, you know, real games. So you're not going to see certain guys receive as many minutes or minutes at all. And of course, I'm saying this part, Damian Lillard averaged 15 a game. He needs to be a guy who's going to average 28 or so anyway, probably. Uh, and you, I just can't imagine a Damian Lillard team led team with this roster. If he cared and they cared, it would have gone this way. So I don't feel like this is a team destined to look as bad as they did last year when they, when they went when they were tanking, which is sort of what they looked like. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see what happens next week. Although my factor of interest is going to point to the early part of the season. And they had better get their bleep together in a heartbeat, or they're going to be in big trouble. I agree. They go two and one in the first three games, we'll forget about the preseason. You know what I mean? Like right. three and oh, and it means nothing, but yeah. it's just, this is what we got. This is what we're talking about. Cause this is what we've seen. We haven't, we don't get to see practices um, and we don't get to, you know, be in the coach's room to see why they're not concerned or they are concerned. Uh, none of this matters until it does right now. Um, what matters is kind of, what we hope to see and what we did see, right? And that's what we can discuss today. And no one's going to get an A. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting out our school marm uh, ruler. <laughs> We're going to have to whack some behinds. Real quick, though, I, I wrote about this. Uh, which I'm trying to find the article because the numbers are, are scary. But I wrote about, I compared where they were right now to last season and statistically it's the same team like it's here it is statistical trends go on orgolive.com and look for portland trailblazers repeating many poor statistical trends from last season 
and this this is the part that scares me. Regardless of losing all all four games, etc., it's just they don't look any better, and they have way better talent than they did when they were tanking and when Dane was hurt, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they're, they're the, statistically they're the same. So uh, I'm trying to find the numbers here. So they're shooting 41. percent This is before the last game, which wasn't good. But they were shooting 41.6 percent and 32 on threes. Last year, they shot 44 from the field and 35 on threes. So they were better last year, despite all their problems. Uh, the Blazers committed 18 turnovers per game and 23.3 personal per- fouls per game to start the first three preseason games, not counting the Israel, Israel game. Last season, they ranked tied for fourth in the NBA with most turnovers at 14.5. So that was fourth most in the NBA last year, and they were averaging 18 and I think they had 17 last night. And they had third and fouls last year at 21.1. And they were averaging 23.3 going into last night. Um, I could just go on. Uh, here's another one. Uh, the Blazers allowed 115 points per game last year, which was tied for third most in the league. They were last in defensive rating. This year, going into the other night, they were at 115.3. And they gave up 131. They're up to 119. So statistically, they are dramatically in some areas, worse than they were last year when Dame was hurt for most of the season. CJ had a collapse long. They traded a bunch of people, and they were tanking. That is what's frightening. Yeah. You <laughs> just scared me. <laughs> Are you hiding under like your that. blankie? Are you hiding <laughs> under your blankie? Well, you know, honestly, you know, you know how I feel. I, I live and die with the, the Knicks and, and, and the Blazers. I root for the you know, Blazers because it's fun. You know, I live here, and it's fun. But no, I don't, no one wants to, you know, I don't want to sit here and talk to you about a team that looks anything like last year's team. (laughs) That wasn't fun. Like we had to make, you know, and a grumpy, a happy Fentress isn't always a delight. A grumpy Fentress is definitely not a delight. Wow. Hey, I've been delightful so far today. So far you have. Nothing matters. just put me in a bad mood. No, I'm kidding. All right. So let's, let's, so earlier in the season, before the season started. I wrote a series of articles on the five musts for this team to contend, which is pie in the sky, but still, there were five things that had to happen for them to have a chance. And so we're going to go through these and see where we think they are right now in terms of meeting these musts. Now, I've altered it in my article I'm writing, it's going to post later today, where I'm saying now that there's five must things they need to have happen to get above 500. <laughs> I've lowered my expectations down lower. from contending to just being above 500. All right, number one, Damian Lillard must return to MVP caliber Dame. I'm giving this an incomplete because, of course, he was not in a position to do anything like that. He played in three games. He obviously is not going to play 35 minutes in a game. He's not playing to win, right? He's only playing the first half mostly, and he's out there just working through things, not looking to win. We won't know if he's back to being MVP caliber game until we see him drop a 50 on somebody. He averages 40 in a week, 35 in a month. That all said, not a very good start for Mr. Lillard, although he did look healthy. He looks quick again. He looks better than he did last year when he was hindered by that core muscle injury before he had surgery in January. However, during the preseason, he shot 39.4% from the field. Last year, he shot 40.2. He shot 33% on threes. Last year, he shot 32.4. So his shooting percentages are in line with what they were last season. Two seasons ago, he was an MVP candidate until injuries took their toll in April. 
And that year, he shot 45% from the field and 39.1% on threes. That is the Dame Portland needs. We have not seen that Dame yet, but it's only been three preseason games. That's why I give it an incomplete. And you give it a... Well, I changed my grade as we speak, as you spoke. I gave it a B because so we did this independently, right? Right. Ventress made the list, and then you just convinced me that I was I wasn't looking at the right. I was not looking at the full picture, and I was grading on a curve. (laughs) And uh, so I gave him a B because because he came out and and he had a heartbeat, and I was just excited, (laughs) you know. And he looked fluid, and he looked strong, uh, and he didn't look slow. But I think after listening to what you said, yeah, that's not. He, he gets a C. It was satisfactory. Like he, he's Dame Lillard. He's on the court. Um, we didn't come off a summer where we saw him in the Olympics. Clearly, not very, you know, not playing like himself. So yeah, it's a C because you're right. We did not see even um, like a quarter or a moment of Dame time. Right. Uh, not that you're going to see that maybe in the preseason, but yes, I think that. Uh, this is the best part of the Blazers preseason, and it's still a C. Yeah, and it's it's hard too because when you're dealing with shooting percentages on such a small sample yeah. size, it can you know he makes one more three and he jumps to thirty nine percent. You know, what I'm saying right. so. Yeah. I think he was. Uh, oh my! Did he only take eight? He took more. Oh, that was his highs. So anyway, so I'm looking for this new stat page that the NBA has, which is pretty awesome. But anyway, um, so yeah, so you know, I, that's why I say incomplete because I just. I just wanted to see him, you know, look not not just physically like Dane, but just dropping trays on people and you know doing some funky step back stuff and doing what he does, yep. and we just didn't really see that. So I'm gonna say incomplete and give him the benefit of the doubt. So, all right, next up we go to the man in the middle, the man who one of the men who got paid, Stunting the, the Bosnia's beast, Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> Did we see him living up to the contract? And of course, it's a ridiculous thing to do in the preseason. But that's what we do. It's that's absolutely we... insanely ridiculous. Right. But what else am I going to write about right. when feel... they're on the road with no access? <laughs> I feel I feel bad even talking about it. Uh, but I gave him a C- because, yeah, defensively it wasn't good. Uh, he... He had some bonehead plays again. He's silly fouls. He, he, did get hit in the fa- he he uh he got hit in the face at his normal rate, <laughs> which is high. Yeah, I didn't see look, I he looks like he's in, you know, decent shape, like from whatever it says, but um I didn't see anything to say that we won't have the same ups and downs that we've had before when his contract was a lot smaller. So when you say living up to the contract, he's got to be better. Um, and I didn't see signs, you know, he didn't, he didn't pull the LaMarcus. You know, you remember that preseason when LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, shot like eight threes and it was going to mm-hmm. change his game, which mm-hmm. it, later on with the Spurs, it kind of did, but we were like, Oh no, he's going to shoot threes and it's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even do that at a rate in which get me excited. So yeah, I give it a, that, in that C range. Okay. Not, yeah. I, I gave him a C as well. Yeah. I mean, look, okay. So 13.8 points, 6.3 rebounds. <clears throat> That's in 20 minutes per game over 30 minutes that, you know, extrapolates out to 20 points, nine rebounds. You would take that all day. 50%. I mean, that's sort of what he's been for his career. So that is what he is. I think you'd like him to be 57 since he's around the rim so much. But, okay, 50 is who he is. 
Uh, however, he had 11 turnovers, which is ridiculous for a center. One block shot in 82 minutes, really. Winslow had four in 35 minutes, and Grant had seven in 94 minutes. But Nurkic has never really been a shot blocker. You know, I think he averaged 0.7 a game last year. Um, so whatever. But the bottom line is this. I think his contract is fine. You know, the 70 million for four years, that's the going rate, I think, for a legitimate starting center, which he is. And the bottom line is he's going to have up and down. Some nights, it's just not going to be there for him. Either the matchup's not right or the, someone else has it going on. Um, and people get upset with him because he's not doing what they want him to do. But it's just he's not an impose your will dominant center whom you're running the offense through who's always going to get opportunities to be special. <clears throat> he's a role-playing big man who on some nights can get you 20 and 20, and other nights he'll disappear with 8 and 9. But as long as he does the little things, you're going to be fine with that. So I, I give him a C. He, he, he's average performance, and I think he's a slightly above average to good center in the NBA. So, Yeah, he's not. Here's what he's not. Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's here. Right. He's a poor not man's Jokic. He, he can do a lot of things <laughs> Jokic shouldn't do other than shoot threes. He can't do them consistently or at the same level. That Jokic can do, so you're not going to run the team through him, or you're that's just disastrous. Yeah. But he can. I mean, he can be a very impressive passer, and he around the basket sometimes he's on. But man, he misses a lot of easy shots, as we all know. Inside, he doesn't have quite have that elite level touch, and he's not going to shoot threes. Hopefully, so yeah, he is what he is. If you accept what he is, and just know that at least you have a, a six foot eleven big guy who on some nights can be dominant. I think that's better than not having anyone who can be dominant ever. Yeah, and right? what were your choices? You know, like for the money that yeah, you paid, exactly. it was you were going to get them. And you, but again, you know, we're talking about two different things. Now, like you said, are they going to be a five hundred team? or Are they going to contend? They could be a five hundred team with him being at a C. They can right. contend if it's bubble Nurkic, or you know, post immediate post trade when he did thirties and twenties. You know, like. Exactly. Uh, uh, and that's, you know, but that's a dream, right? Like that's that we saw that little sign. That's not going to, you know, odds of that happening are at this point, not great. Cause the, the further you get away from those, you know, those performances, the more you realize that's the anomaly, not what right. you see on a day in and day out. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Number three, Jeremy Grant has to, improve his shooting efficiency from what we saw in Detroit, where he was the guy. Uh, I believe he was going to do just that, coming to a team where he's not the guy, bouncing off of Dame and Ant and having a Nurkic, a good passing big man. And so far, so good. 53% on threes, 8 for 15, shooting 48% from the field and 13 points per game. More importantly than that, defensively, my goodness, seven block shots and five steals and limited minutes. He is all over the place. He is a finisher. He can lead a fast break. He can defend every position legitimately. Uh, I mean, I, I am thoroughly impressed and, and completely believed before he was a perfect fit and more so now. His rebounding, 2.8 per, per game. But you and I have had that discussion <laughs> before about whether or not he can rebound versus whether or not he seeks to rebound. Um, I would like to see him get more, but you know, we'll see how that works out from a team standpoint. But, man. I love this fit. Hey, yeah, I get, <laughs> I, I gave it a B plus, and the only reason why I gave it a B plus is because they didn't win any games, right? So I felt like you can't give A's. Uh, so I lied when I said that <laughs> Dame getting this, you know, the Dame thing was a C in the highest grade. Yeah, I mean Grant was, he was the most, um, he was the best highlight consistently. Um, 
you know, he had some blocks on fast break layups that just there's so few people even in the NBA that can make that block, you know, a track down block, um, just pure athleticism and timing and not fouling. That stuff looks great. His hustle. I mean, he was playing with guys that he won't be playing with. Right. And he was playing in against backup backups and he, he didn't care. Like, that's what I love about him. He doesn't care. He plays at one speed um, and he's got skills. Uh, it's B plus don't I'm right now. This team's got a lot of problems. Jeremy Grant is not one of them, in my opinion. 100% agree. The next one, <laughs> I'm so excited to hear. I'm so excited to hear you're great on this. Uh, Simon's filling CJ's shoes. Um, and to me, it's as much about, unfortunately, like in this you know, the last game against the Warriors, didn't get to see his chemistry with Dame and how that works. Because Dame sat. So to me, it's as much about that chemistry and him finding his role and his niche. Um, and I don't see, and he, he admitted to admitted it to you. Uh, you wrote a great article where he, he's very honest about it, that he's still searching. He doesn't know where it is yet. Um, I don't worry about his skills because, you know, gosh, he could shoot, he could jump. He's all the reasons why uh, you're, you're the fanboy you are for him. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, there's no denying his skills, but what we don't know. I mean, I gave it a C. Um, I think an incomplete here would be fair just because Dame didn't play, you know, um, that many minutes and didn't play a whole game. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not sitting here completely convinced that this is going to work better than the C.J. Dame thing, and I'm not even convinced yet that it's going to work as well because – when they did play defensively, it wasn't better at all, and offensively, they didn't. They haven't caught their groove yet. So, I think a lot to prove uh, on Simon's filling CJ's shoes. Well, not only did I give Anthony a higher grade, I put him on the Doogie Hauser fast track to a medical degree. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> risky business and Doogie Hauser. Am I yeah, when, how old are you? Yeah, exactly. Millennials are like, who is? What <laughs> is he talking about? <laughs> Doogie Hauser, okay. what? Because I am the seasoned veteran journalist that I am. And I've covered everything imaginable in hard news, sports, etc. I was able to step outside of myself and take Aaron Fentress, the fanboy, as you call him, and tie him up in the closet and shut him up <laughs> and sit down and look at this objectively. And I gave Anthony a C minus. Oh, now, there you go. fair. Now, it's impossible to truly gauge how he is going to fit in that clutch realm that CJ had and that adult, you know, I'm a grown man playing the NBA and I can, I know what I can do. I know what I can't do uh, mode that we saw CJ reach as a professional player because one, Simon's is still pretty young, but two, it was a preseason situation where just like with Dan, you're not needed to be that or do that, right? You're just playing basketball. And then, like you said, in the article I wrote, he talked about still adjusting to, okay, I was the guy for two months. I could do whatever I want. Now I'm playing beside Dame. He's the point guard. He's the lead guard, lead guard. But when I get the ball, am I acting as a lead guard with him as a two guard? Or am I acting as a two guard and I'm just trying to score? 
um, as a true two guard usually would when they get the ball. Or am I trying to find other people cutting? In fact, like he's just dealing with trying to figure out that mindset, which set, which is understandable. That all said, he shot thirty four point one percent from the field. Not good. Thirty seven percent on threes, though. He, he picked it up after a slow start there. Uh, but you want him hitting those two point field goals. Last year he was at forty nine percent. This year five for seventeen so far in, in the preseason. Oof. So yeah, I mean those things need to improve and get better, obviously. Um, but you know I think he's gonna be fine. Small sample size, but he didn't shoot well, and you know you want to see signs that he's gonna be the ant that he needs to be, and we didn't see that. So therefore, as much as it pained me, I gave him a C minus. I, you know, I'm I'm both shocked uh, and excited <laughs> to see your objectiveness. But are you proud? Are you proud? Oh no, you're no. No, come on! I'm not proud. I'm not proud that you're doing your job. Come on, I'm not going to be proud about that. You have no you idea how I, painful you know. it was for me to do that. <laughs> the last one uh, on your list <laughs> is fix the defense, and I I certainly am being very kind here. Uh, I gave it a D. <laughs> And I don't I know why it. I give it. A, I didn't want to give anybody an F. Maybe I'm a wimp. <laughs> I mean, it's not good. It's not good. It didn't. There was no points in time where I was like, oh, other than Jeremy Grant's awesome. And that's why I didn't get an F. You know, like I just feel watching him do things on defense that um, others can't do. Uh, you know, I'm going to give it a D. And hope that GP2 <laughs> changes things, but it was bad um, in every game that mattered and against some, you know, some NBA, you know, guys that won't see any time were able to find holes in the Blazers defense. I mean, it's the same old story, right? Open threes, like, and they making them because they're NBA players and they make open threes. And if you don't figure out a way to have, you know, to shut that down and neither Ant or Damien stopped penetration when it mattered. So I gave it a D. What about you? I mean, <laughs> I gave it a D as well. There you uh, go. No pun intended. We didn't talk before this. This is odd. So much agreement. We didn't. Um, I mean, look, there, there's a lot. There were a lot of big scores around the NBA. Uh, so sometimes you know things got a hand, and you, you have people playing who aren't going to be playing, and this and that, and the other thing, blah, blah blah. But you know, at the end of the day, they looked as bad defensively as they did last season when they were taken. You know, and so I, I think you just again, we're just talking about seeing some signs. Now, the first game against the Clippers, they only gave up 102 points. Clippers shot only 38. Uh, percent They did a good job, even against the starters with Kawhi out there and. Paul George and John Wall. So there was some signs in that game. Uh, but Utah, not pretty. <clears throat> oh, my God. The Kings just ripped them to shreds. Keegan Murray was amazing in that game. Darren Fox, some bonus, et cetera. And then, of course, the Warriors B team took them to school. Um, I don't know how many. They had 50 points in the paint or something like that. Anyway, not good. Um, but, again, Preseason, I will give the benefit of that, which is which why I didn't go F, but I'm gonna call it what it is. It, it was not good, and these are, you know, it's it's on Billups. I mean, this whole thing was all about Billups and fixing the D when Olshay made that hire. Yeah, and so now he has heart, 
Winslow, Jeremy Grant, three guys he wanted. They're going to get Peyton, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, there's no reason for this team. I don't think there's any reason they should improve at least five or six points per 100 possessions and be in that 111-112 range when they were 117 last year with the tanking. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. And then, you know, I, I just – if this team gets off to a bad start and it's because the defense can't stop anyone, then that little crack in that egg, yeah, that egg is going to split split splinter into pieces. I, I, I want to simplify what you said. If, okay. you're ta- if if your defense can't improve in a in a big way over a team that tried not to win, <laughs> you're in trouble. I mean, that's the simplest way to say it. They tried not to win last year, and their defense was horrible. If your defense isn't significantly better on a team that's trying to win, uh, yes, the coach needs to change something. So, not. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the given. And if Chauncey Phillips can't coach defense, there's no reason for him to be coaching over Terry Stotts, who we know could coach offense. So uh, 100% need to see it. And and rather quickly, right? Because I think that um, patience will grow thin, not just in the fan base, but with like Damian Lillard and and – and we know Nurkic when things don't go right, he he doesn't he tends to uh, vocalize <laughs> the decision making he doesn't like. Right. And that's being a nice way of saying he calls out the coaching. So you don't want it going that way, uh, for sure. I think there's going to be some growing pains still. I, I you know, but again, you don't want the growing pains to be 119. Again, you want the growing pains to be okay. We're at 114, 115 defensive rating trying to get up to 111, you know, you just, and that's not good. I mean, but they were 117 last year. So it's a little bit slightly moving in the right direction as you're trying to figure things out. Um, but you just don't want to be a situation where you're scoring 118 and then you lost 128, 2018 because you just can't stop. You can't give up 120 points to the Kings in the opening night. You know what I mean? Like that's just not going to be good unless you score 130. Um, and that's, you know, against the Kings. I mean, cause you do that and you go, what are you going to give up against the Warriors? Right. Um, so that's what I mean by fast. Like you just don't want to start out one and four or, you know, or worse and giving up, you know, 115 plus, you know, every loss. This team's not going to win 98 92. Like we're not trying to be crazy here, mm-hmm. but you got to win, you know, 112 108 every once in a while. <laughs> you yeah. know, you just, you just have to. Agreed. All right, let's pick it up, pick up the pace, go fast break topics. These are topics that we we just kind of, you know, we zip to the rim, lay them in, give our points. Shading like Sharp, it. you know, since last we talked where he had done nothing, he dunked all over uh, the team from Israel. They had no answer for him. They better not. And then uh, he had some really athletic – Nice moves against the the Warriors uh, D team. So, um, (laughs) you know, all I'll say about Sharp is that there's no doubt why they drafted him. And that's what he got to showcase. That if you walk in and there's an open gym of good to very good players, that dude is going to jump out at you. And that's what happened. That's what we saw since last we spoke. What we haven't seen still 
is when the best players in the world are on the court can Shaden Sharp jump out at you. And probably not yet, but at least it was nice for fans uh, and people like us to see, oh, okay, I get it. That guy's gifted. Like right. that guy almost hit his head on the rim. Right. That that that's that's elite. Hey, the athleticism's undeniable. The body undeniable. control. Uh, the most impressive play I thought during the preseason, and I tweeted about this. He went into the lane, <clears throat> met two guys in the air, so it's contact. Had the strength enough to, as he was starting to fall, adjust his shot and flip the ball off the backboard and into the rim, into the hoop. It was beautiful. And it was like, wow, that's special talent. That's what we're talking about. The alley-oop dunk from Keon Johnson, his ability to step back and elevate, get, a, get, a, get a fadeaways off. Uh, just his footwork when he's spinning in the lane or doing whatever he's doing just to get separation. Or, like he, he clearly is a gifted cat, <clears throat> but he's 19. He shot 34% from the field. He did actually shoot. No, he only shot 20% on three. Sorry, I was looking at Anthony. Um, yeah, he gave you 11 rebounds. You know, he did a couple of steals here and there. Yeah, like, not, I mean, was, honestly, in the minutes there, the minutes he played against who he played, stats yeah. didn't to me didn't matter. What mattered no. is exactly what you said. You're like, he oh, looked the part. Damn, exactly. <laughs> that's what happens. You go, damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> like that's he passed the damn test, you know, <laughs> and that's why they drafted. That's why he was seventh overall pick without yep. playing a minute of college basketball. Because if you watch this guy playing against you know talent that's up to very good, you're like, damn. Um, you know, so that's that's what we're going to see eventually. It's just how fast do we get there? Yep, 100%. So what will be interesting with him is how many minutes he gets in the regular season given the depth of his two positions, shooting guard and small forward. Small forward has been settled in terms of the starter. It is Josh Hart, which was announced before the Kings game. Winslow and Nasir will back him up. Winslow and Nasir will also play some four. And, of course, we'll see some Jeremy Grant threes. A lot of positionless basketball going on there. Um, so we'll see how Sharp, Sharp fits into that. But what do you think of Hart winning the job? And what do you think this means for the rotation? You know, it just made sense in the end. You know, I don't think it's what they wanted or that it's necessarily the best thing that this is the result because Nasir Little stepping up and making it a no-brainer to pick him I think is the would have been the best case scenario. Little admits he's not re- you know that he's not 100% yet back to where he was pre-injury. Um I think uh Winslow gives you just his ability to play, you know, multiple positions uh in the front court gives you just more more flexibility. Um so it made mo- the most sense to go with Josh Hart uh to start you know what you're going to get from him. He won't have to score on that lineup. He'll push the ball. And I thought it was a cool, you know, interesting that Bill said he'll rebound and, and we'll need that uh, because you and I are, you know, discuss whether or not Grant can or can rebound or, you know, why he has it in the past. Well, you know Hart's going to get rebounds at that position. So it made the most sense. I just think that they were they would have been a lot happier and in a better place if Little looked better, but he just didn't. I mean, I don't know how you could have started this year Little after his performance unless he was killing it in practice. Unless he was yeah, killing no, it behind the scenes. It was, to me, um, Josh Hart's job uh, because flexibility-wise, Winslow being able to play more power forward, 
and to you know come in and help you there at the three or the four makes the most sense. Yeah, you know Nasir sh- shoulder injury surgery, and in the summer or in spring, late summer, excuse me, early summer, late spring, he had the the core muscle surgery. Same thing Damien has, same thing yep. that uh, Peyton had, and he just you know it set, that, that all set him back. You know it just did, and I think eventually. He might be this become the starter by Christmas. Who knows? You know, I agree with you that he might have been ideal for a lot of different reasons. One of them being it would be nice to have Hart coming off the bench at the three or the yep. two. And he's probably he's they got rid of Brandon Williams, so Hart is pretty much your third point guard. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. I think it's kind of fluid, but Billups loves him some heart. He loves energy and the heart he brings, pun intended. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, but I think it's still kind of fluid. And, you know, Hart could start, play 23 minutes, and Nasir could come off the bench and play 30 one night or multiple nights. Yep. All right. Uh, so I got to ask. Yep. <laughs> the SAR, the SAR height. Like, is it real? Like, it I got height? nothing. I got nothing. Is it, is it height? Uh, okay, so. I'm just saying, you, you the, know, like uh, people are like excited on Twitter, like. And I'm like, like this guy's a keeper, and he's got to play. And you know, I'm like, I don't know. What do you, what do you know? Like, I mean, what's he, the word? He played 30 minutes. You know, it's not like he played a ton of minutes. Um, he didn't do anything necessarily special. He's definitely pretty athletic. He does protect the rim a little bit better than Nurk. He's seven feet tall. You know, I think that's the thing that people are excited about. It's like, yeah. oh, a seven border. We need, we need height. He was coming off the bench to replace. Nurk before Eubanks the last couple of games, which tells me that Sars probably won that job. Um, they'll, they'll announce the final roster in the next few days here. Um, but of the of the guys left in, in camp beyond the top 14, I mean, Sars the only one I think has a chance to make the team. And if he's coming off the bench before Eubanks and playing more minutes than Eubanks, then stands the reason that maybe he's already beaten out Eubanks. Hmm. Um, he's played more minutes lately, not, <clears throat> not for the entire preseason. Uh, but you know, we'll see. They they could just keep 14 though, or they could release Eubanks and keep Sar. Who knows what's what they're gonna do there? But I think he's an athletically gifted guy who has some ability, and why not keep the seven-footer who's athletic? I, I just I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't, unless you feel like there's gonna be another option later, or if you feel like uh you want to keep that roster spot open for trade purposes, or if you think you're gonna be able to just get someone else later down the road. But I think he has a shot to make the team. And so if he makes a team, Eubanks doesn't, right? If they want to stay at 14, yeah, you they can keep 15, which is the max, yeah. and Eubanks can stay. Whew. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, you know, you know, again, it all depends on how they want to deal with the roster, but that's where that stands. And then, uh, last but not least on our list here, Gary Payton the second hasn't played a minute because he was recovering from that dreaded core muscle surgery. My goodness, that thing is just. Sweeping through the Blazers roster. It's like an epidemic. But he is your defensive stopper. He's your closer like in baseball. When he comes in, he locks fools down. Could he be a game changer for this team, especially on defense? So the thing about that, and I put this on the list, is that there's only one thing that that could like cure this quickly, right? Is if somehow GP2, him being on the court, changes the dynamic of your entire defense because what we saw, we gave it a D, right? So uh, he's the added ingredient that's not out there. I'm going to – I think I was honest when the trade came. I wouldn't have – I mean, the the signing came. I don't 
I don't. I love Gary Payton the second. I loved him at Oregon State. I rooted for him to make clubs when he wasn't. I love his energy when he's in the game, and obviously what he did for the Warriors uh, helped them win a championship. I just didn't love the signing because I don't think GP two got a lot better. Uh, I think he was always who he was, which is really good and fills a role. Uh, and I think that he did it on the best team in the world with the best offense in the world and other really, really good defenders. You know, two of the best in the world. Um, you know, Draymond Green might be the best team defender that, that the league's ever seen. I know it's a crazy thing because Bill Russell is, so I'm going to take it back right away. But uh, he's one of the best defensive team defensive players that that we've seen in a long time. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see, to be proven wrong and to see that, uh, Gary Payton the second is a guy that's going to get, you know, 25 plus minutes a night and going to be a factor in victories. I just know last year at this time, you could have had him for nothing. And he earned his contract playing on the Warriors, which is a unique position that he played on a unique team. So I'm worried about it. You're worried about it. Uh, well, yeah, I don't think he fixes the entire defense by himself, but I think he definitely will help. Um, Can't hurt there. Can't hurt. Yeah, I mean, you. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 okay, I still believe that Peyton, Hart, Winslow, Grant, the addition of those four guys over CJ Powell, Covington, Nance. Like, I, I just think, I think it's going to be a better defense. I, I, just, I really think it is. How much better? We'll see. But I do think it's going to be better. He's going to be a big part of that. Uh, so I'm not going to say game changer, but I'm going to say definitely impact player. Because he's going to change the mentality of things too. Like he's just going to alter the way they go about doing things when they're on the court. And I think it will be infectious as well. And if he's demanding, if he has a strong person personality, and we all know he's there in part because Dane wanted him, he's going to be able to get guys, you know, rear ends and, and yeah. get them to, to, to get rolling or get out. Um, so we'll see, but I think it's going to be a big deal, but not necessarily yet a game changer. All right, you're more optimistic than me. I'm hoping that you're right out <clears throat> because I love him. You know, obviously get to see him at Oregon State this whole time and uh, love watching him uh, play defense the way he does. And and yeah, I like that he's like the tallest six foot two guy in the world. As uh, Steph Curry said. All right, it's my favorite time of the show. It's time for Factor Fentress. Fentress. This is when Aaron Fentress says something either outrageous that can't possibly be true or that genius. Or gives us some insight on the future of Blazers basketball. So what what you got for Factor Fentress? Okay, so I've been looking at the schedule uh, because I have to figure out which games I'm going to go to. I'm going to travel to probably half, depending on how, how well they do. Um, but at least, you know, 17 to 20 games. And I was looking at the first 13, and it's really kind of scary. And so my theory <clears throat> right now is that, and this is splitting hairs a little bit, but I think it's interesting. They have to go at least 5-8 and eight in the first 13. And I think that's going to be dicey. If they go anything worse than that season's over. And here's oh. why. Here, here's, what, here's why. So they start out with Sacramento, very winnable. Then you've got Phoenix at home, at Lakers, Denver, Miami, Denver, Miami at home. That's that's 
Well, Miami and Phoenix are obviously finals contenders. Uh, Denver's going to get, has Jamal Murray back. That's a really rough start. Then you got Houston at home. You should win that one. Memphis, that's going to be tough at home. Then you got to go to Phoenix, Phoenix, Miami, Charlotte, which was over 500 last year, the Pelicans and Dallas. That's your 13 games. And that's with, uh, eight of them on the road. If you come back from that at four and nine, again, we're talking about one game difference, but the problem is you come back for three Spurs, Utah, you should win those in between though, Brooklyn, which is scary. And then you go back on the road for four Milwaukee, Cleveland, your Knicks and Brooklyn. So, and then you come on for Clippers and then go to Lakers. So my point here is that that's that month and, and two weeks to start is nasty. If you start four and nine, how am I going to believe you're going to climb your way out of that with the rest of that schedule and not at the end of the month be 10 games under? Well, let me just say, <laughs> if you can't beat any teams, you're not going to be good. So like I get, I get that you, you know, they're NBA teams. If you expect to be a playoff game, I, I Playoff no, team. they're not just playing NBA teams. They're playing high-end teams and a lot guess, on but, the road. But if you can't, my point is, if you can't go five and five and eight, and that's being nice. If you go below that, you're not climbing your way out of that. And when November ends, you are going to be ten under, and it's over. So what I'm going to say is, um, it's fiction because if you can't make up <laughs> one game like that, just it's one no, game. No, well. It's, You're saying that if they come back four and nine, they're done. If they're five and eight, they're okay. Yes. Right? Is that what? Yes. It's that's splitting hairs. I admit it, but there's yeah. a big difference between three under and four under and five under at that point. It's yeah, three I, under I just, versus five under. That's the yeah, thing. I'm not it's gonna, three under versus five under. I get it. Yeah, I that, just that's a big too, deal. Too early to make that. I think they're in trouble. Um, yeah, I think it's not good either way. But I don't think you're done, done, just uh, because you're four, you know, nine, five, not five under. You're five again. It's not the four versus the five. I get it. It's I the get three it. versus the five. But but you win two in a row, and and it's different. So here's my here's what I'm going to say about the beginning of the season, and I looked at it. They play uh, their first seven games. They play five home games, and they play at the Kings and at the Lakers. Now the home games are tough. They're yes. Suns, they're Nuggets, they're Heat, Rockets aren't tough. Memphis. And they're and they're the Grizzlies. Right. But it's like if you can't go five hundred at home against whoever you play, if it's not the same team, like if it's not the Warriors every night, like you're not gonna make the you're not gonna be much better. You're not gonna be a very good team. You gotta you got to win your home games in the NBA against good teams. Like if you can't beat the Heat who are coming across the country um at home. And yike, you're not good. You know, you're not. Well, that's of course, my point. I, yeah. So if they, you're, I mean, but I'm saying if they're five and eight and four and nine, I don't think, I mean, I agree that, you know, four and nine's worse. Like I can do some math. Um, I just not going to write them off because of that one loss. I'm just going to say there's going to be a early, early test to see those games at home. When you play four games in a row at home, you play the Nuggets, the Heat, the Rockets, and the Grizzlies. If you go one and three, you're not a playoff team. Bottom line, you can't that you're not going to make it. Uh, only beating the Rockets, you're going to have to go two and two at the worst. Um, and the NBA is full with good teams. 
So I think either way, uh, I see what you're saying that five and eight, you know, that could be a big deal in the long run. Uh, I'm just, if they figure it out, you know, after they're 10 and 20 and they figure it out and they go on a nice run and the Blazers, you know, they've, they've done that not last year, but we had those sprinkled in like 10 and one and, you know, eight and oh, that changes the, that has changed the course of their uh, playoff lives during that playoff run. So that's still a possibility, but I, I just appreciate you going that granule. I mean, I just appreciate that, <laughs> that homework there and coming up with that. So Dean, Dean, you're going to have to show up because he did some work to <laughs> but, find but, that one. But let, but let me make, but let me make just one more point to you. Like you said, okay. you're right. You got to win at home and five of the games are at home. So if you win three of those five, then you got to find two wins on the road against a very, very tough road schedule, at least. If you can't do that, is my point. If you can't do that, then that's a clear sign. It's not just the one-game thing, which to me is 500 versus 300, which I think is a huge distinction. It's that you're demonstrating what you cannot do. Therefore, it's difficult for me to buy that you're going to somehow figure out how to do it the second half of the month when you play at Milwaukee, Cleveland, New York, Brooklyn, and the Lakers. And so that's when all of a sudden it starts piling up because you haven't, I think it's going to, it's, what I'm saying, it's going to pile up if you don't show me you can't do anything about it. And next thing you know, at the end of the month, you're 10 games under. That's all I'm saying. I, I, like, I agree with you that okay. I'm just saying that five and eight and four and nine, the same thing is going to have to happen. There's going to have to be a switch turned on because five and eight's not going to get it done either playoff wise. But I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's a big, it could be a big breaking point if they don't go off and win two straight or three straight or eventually right. five or six. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think we're going to – I mean, I think bottom line, we're going to learn a lot in the first 20 games uh, for this Blazers season. Absolutely. All right, I Dean, think what Time. What you you got to show up. You, you hyped up. Your no-look pass. You said it was fire. True or false, there's a situation where Chauncey Billups is no longer the Blazers head coach after this season. Ooh. Going big early. He's not Damn. playing it. We haven't even played a game yet, and he's Damn. throwing it out. So I'm going to answer first because uh, it's easy. There's always a scenario where a coach always. gets fired. Yes. Always. So, of course, yeah. there's a scenario where Jeez. he gets fired. It's it's going to have to be hard because I don't even know who fires the coach like with this Blazers team. Like, just, you know, who does it? I don't know, Is it right? Jody Who's, Allen? Is it Burt right. Cole? Is it Cronin? Is it Damian? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, so, but yes, of course. And that's not even, I mean, Ime Odoka got fired, right? He went to the finals. That scenario, never in a million years could I create in my head. So always in a, a scenario that you get fired. But if we're just talking about on the court, absolutely. There's a scenario where um, somebody, whoever it is, just says, hey, we're 5-23. Uh, we're and 23. This is clearly not working. And, or, you know, Damien is, and, you know, and his head coach can't get along at all. So they're fighting, uh, definitely a scenario. I mean, I, I'm assuming you agree. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Cronin's a new GM. He didn't hire Billups. Uh, he has said he was on board with the hire and that he, those two are in lockstep. He's also brought in three new assistant GMs, two heavy on the analytics side. Billups is not a proven coach. The only evidence we really have 
of anything positive was from last year when they when they started to turn things around. They were ten and eight despite Dame playing the worst month of his life, and then the abdomen kicked in, and then CJ went out with the collapsed lung, and everything fell apart. We can't really blame Billups for that. And then those four games they won uh, leading up to the All Star break after they had made all those trades, and you saw how amazingly well they played together with Ant, Hart, Winslow, Nurkic, and Watford coming off the bench. Like it was just it was just wild how well they played. Those were two positive signs in his, in his favor. But the pressure's on now to turn things around because he's got guys he wanted. Um, and if he doesn't, if come, you know, the all-star break, they're 12 or 15 under, and they just feel like, look, we have better pieces in this. Maybe Chauncey wasn't ready to be a head coach. Then they, maybe they could do something either then or at the end of the season. I think it has to go through Damien because if Damien's not happy with what's going on but doesn't believe it's Billups' fault and you fire Billups, you're alienating Dame, and then he could ask out. Or if Damon says, yeah, you're right, this isn't working, then they get his blessing and they move on. Or maybe they say, you know what, we don't care what Damien thinks. We're going to do what we want. If Dame doesn't like it, we'll trade him. <laughs> you know, who knows? So, yes, there, there's definitely a possibility, especially in this league. My God, we see people get fired for the craziest thing. You win a championship. You can be coach of the year, like in Toronto. You're coach of the year, and then you're out. That happens all the time in the NBA. You're out within a year and a half of being coached here. So, yes, I agree. 100%. 100% is a possibility. Let's hope not because that's not fun. No, let's hope not. I mean, I I don't want to deal with another coaching search <laughs> or firing. <laughs> and, and look, <clears throat> seriously, it, it, I truly believe this. If things are so bad that they feel like they have to fire Chauncey, Start the Dame watch. Oh, yeah. Because unless Damien knows you're about to bring in the second coming of Phil Jackson (laughs) or Steve Kerr, I'll use him as an example, then why is he staying? If he doesn't like the coach you're bringing in or can't see why he's going to fix things, why why is he staying when you're firing the guy that he helped select? So start the Dame watch immediately. Can't say you're wrong there. Yeah. That's the first time today. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add before we get to the regular season? No, we got a let's play Wednesday, let's Wednesday play regular season game, then they come home from Phoenix. Uh, so, yeah, going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what happens. I, I, I love – I don't like like the length of a season necessarily, but I like the, the journey of a season to sort of see – where things go and how they the ebb and flow of a season. As long as it's compelling and they don't fall to pieces like last year, I'm all for it. Can't wait. Go Yankees. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, which you should, leave a five-star rating and a positive review in the Apple podcast. Tell a friend, please. And also tell a friend about Zoom Care. Zoom Care. <laughs> Go routinely for pussy fingers that need to be lanced and flu shots. They there do a go. smashing job. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back soon. I think well, are we going to do like an official season preview before Sacramento. I think we probably should probably maybe do that. You think? I think that'd be good. Our official season breakdown. We'll go game by game on the schedule. Oh, gee, Will. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon.